Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be, and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. So where are we heading right now? Where, where are we? Where are we going? Like, where is it in the county? Well, we're still going to be in Halifax County here, believe it or not. The county kind of comes in. I'm riding shotgun down a lonely two-lane road with a guy named Stephen Barcelo, and Stephen does most of the talking. This is uh, Medoc Mountain State Park. We're right around the corner from it. Uh, this is a, a decent uh, state park. The parks in North Carolina, for people who don't know, are uh, free, which is unique. That's something you get up north. You, they charge you for everything. Uh, Stephen used to be a New Yorker, and you can tell that from the accent and from all the stories he has about Billy Joel, he talks a lot. In fact, the only thing that makes him stop talking is a ringing phone. And why won't it shut off? <laughs> I don't <really> answer. <laughs> it wouldn't even let me answer it. That's so weird. Yeah. And trust me, a phone issue is the least weird thing that happens to Stephen Barcello. All right, I'm getting it this time. Okay. Cryptozoology Paranormal Museum. Stephen runs a museum about the things that are unexplained. The phone number on his website is actually his cell phone, and when he picks up, he usually asks folks, okay, first up, what sort of unexplained things are you into? Are you into the cryptozoology and the Bigfoot stuff, or are you just purely paranormal? All right, well, thanks a lot. Bye. So how, how often does your phone ring like that, where people just being like, I'm coming in? Constant. Usually, they, most people know we open about 1 o'clock, so it tends to get a little later. But uh, matter of fact, uh, I, I've gotten calls at you know literally midnight, you know, you know late, late. Goes, I hate to pest you, but you know we've you know we've had something happen, and they'll be telling me about a paranormal experience. And a lot of people are just looking for someone to talk to too. You know, they want to come to the museum. He goes on for a while here, but basically what he's saying is, if there's something strange in your neighborhood, Stephen is who you're going to call, which explains where we're headed today. Now I'm taking you to Medoc Mountain State Park. This is a hotbed for uh, all kinds of activity, I mean. Uh, the park is about an hour and a half northeast of Raleigh. A few weeks ago, somebody was out here and saw something big and dark and fuzzy moving through the woods. It was weird, didn't look good. So Stephen and I are going to check it out. Now I'm gonna take you down Bluff Loop Trail. We pull off the road, put on a frightening amount of bug spray. <laughs> Grab some basic equipment. I'm gonna bring a pair of binoculars, sorry. I think I got them in here. I glance at the vanity plate on Steven's SUV. Bigfoot seven, huh? Was it, was it, is that the first, you couldn't get like Bigfoot one through six? Yeah, there was, it was all done. And set off on a search for Bigfoot. You see the size of these trees, they're huge. Yeah, just big old pines. With all the noise we're making, it's gonna be unlikely we're gonna sneak up on anything. Now, this bit of woods that we're in is not creepy at all, but 
I'm not completely at ease, especially when Steven explains why he has a certain something strapped to his belt. So do you always carry a gun? Uh, when I go out, when it's things like this I do. I kind of, I mean, you're obviously allowed to down here. I mean, I kind of feel like a doof wearing it. But yeah, it's a good thing to have out here. I don't know if you're going to do a heck of a lot to a uh, Bigfoot with a gun. Because <laughs> thing attacks you, maybe you just put yourself out of your misery as it chews you up, you know? Sure. Now, you might think that's a bit of an overreaction, but then Stephen says it was here, in these very woods, that something strange happened to him and his daughter. And we end up seeing this black silhouette moving in the trees, and I took some pictures of it, and uh, literally dropped the camera to go to manual focus, and I pick it up, it's gone. So I show it to my daughter, she's going, what are you taking pictures of? And, uh... We look, we see nothing. Now, if that's all we ever got, it never would have sort of light a day. Yeah. Uh, we continue down the same trail we're on now, and we hear this, like, probably uh, 60, 70 feet off from where we are here sort of thing. Rustling the branches, but obvious. It's like something's trying to get our attention, and we hear this, this really deep, bassy kind of groan, and you can feel it. So they very carefully keep walking, and they're kind of freaked out. And eventually, I look at my daughter and go, what the hell was that, you know? Although Stephen thinks, eh, maybe it was just a bear. Basically, uh, after hearing the sound, we uh, on the way back up, we found a print, which was not too far from up in this area here. I can show you some of the photos. It's a really big print. Too big to be a bear or from a normal-sized human. Now, those really big prints are the sort of prints that Stephen is looking for today. So basically what you're looking is like Shaquille O'Neal's bare foot making a print out here is about the right, right size of it. It's <laughs> pretty much it. So basically, we're on the search for giant footprints. But only a few minutes into the hike, Stephen says something that makes me stop in my tracks. Did you hear that too? No. Something just moved over there. I'm so curious what it was. It was a snake or? Oh, it was a, like a little, like a little bird. Yeah, it could have been. I saw. I saw something oh, you saw go. Something, right? Yeah. There's nothing big. But... I was gonna say. Well, I was like, like, did you hear that? I'm like, what? <laughs> man, I mean, I, I, like, what did I miss? <laughs> I mean, when you're with a guy who's looking for Bigfoot and he says, "Did you hear that too?" The first thing you think of is, oh, he just heard Bigfoot. Nope, just a bird. But then, four minutes later... Actually, for a minute, I thought I saw something black back in there. See anything? Yeah, stump, it looks like. It's black, though. It just stood out being extra dark. Can you see it back there? And as yeah. I, and as I moved, it almost looked like legs, but it's just another tree in the middle. Yeah. Then, we head down near the creek. And it's there that Stephen figures, if we can't find ourselves a Sasquatch, maybe we can get a Sasquatch to come to us. Sometimes they'll whistle back, which is something that's unique to this area. And this time, we do get a response. My stomach was... <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> it worked on your stomach, if nothing right, else. Hey. At this point, you may be thinking the same thing that I'm thinking here, which is, come on. I am 100% convinced that we are not going to see Bigfoot in these woods, despite the fact that several other people are convinced that they did see Bigfoot in these woods. But I came out here anyway. I figured I would try to keep an open mind. I would suspend my disbelief. I mean, who am I to say that Bigfoot isn't real if, you know, I haven't gone out to find Bigfoot? It would have been nice if we found the print, but yeah. it is what it is. I came into this as someone who'd looked at a lot of evidence, and I still did not believe in Bigfoot. 
But here, in this quiet corner of North Carolina, believing in something is more than just about seeing proof. And so that is the story we have for you today. It's the story of a man who found out what happens when you take all of the things that people have been whispering about for years and put them all out there, in the open, in a small town, for everyone to see. This was not a plan to bring people to town. It was not a plan to open a museum. I had no idea there were Bigfoot sightings here. It's just, it's what it was. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich. That's a picture of John Gotti Jr. That's out in front of his house, 16 Redmond Lane, Oyster Bay Cove. Stephen Barcello grew up on Long Island and went to school for photography. And at his house, he has some of his favorite snapshots up on the walls. A picture of Madonna when I caught her on a beach after she fell off a horse at Stephen Klein's place. So that was an exclusive. got an interview with her. Those pictures are from Stephen's days with the New York Daily News. For a while, he's covering everything on Long Island, from organized crime to parties in the Hamptons. He loves it, but it's hard work. But it was seven days a week, and like I said, you had to be out there. You had to have your ear to the ground. It eventually becomes too much. So Stephen and his wife decide to do the thing that a lot of Northerners do, move south. I was escaping high taxes, a dying newspaper business, and that's how I ended up looking for a place to go. Somehow found this little town of Littleton, North Carolina. Littleton has a population of about 650 people. There's one stoplight, a Hardee's, a Piggly Wiggly, and a Dollar General. There's a historic block of downtown, a hardware store, and a handful of churches. The city is south of Lake Gaston, about eight miles south of the Virginia state line, and it's almost exactly halfway between Interstate 85 and 95. It's quaint and quiet, but it is also not a town that a lot of people are passing through. So you may be wondering, the same thing that I'm wondering. Why did you end up in this town, maybe in a place that you'd never really been before? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I looked at a, we, I did four separate trips where I just traveled and looked at uh, different areas. I mean, I did my Zillow search. I had stacks of places. And I was looking for a house within a budget I could afford. I was hoping to pay cash for it. Now, one of the things, I didn't want to be anywhere near the water after dealing with Hurricane Sandy. So this little town of Littleton is 387 feet above sea level. So as silly as that sounds, that's a uh, buying point. The location, for him, was perfect. It was between New York and uh, New Jersey and Florida. We have family in all those spots. Uh, it's, we're 16 miles off I-95. And so, in 2013, Stephen and his wife buy an old colonial-style house on Mosby Avenue in Littleton. They knew it'd need some work. They didn't know about the ghosts. Once we bought the house, we weren't even living here the first year, and we were going back and forth. It was real obvious things were happening in the house. We started hearing voices, things were moving, contractors were walking off the job. People would be working here when we weren't here, be down in the basement or up on the upper floors, and they'd hear noises or hear people walking around, think we walked in the house, come down and we're not here. Now, at first, Stephen and his wife are kind of freaked out, but then Stephen got an idea. It was not the intent for us to do this. It just kind of spun. We ended up buying a haunted house. Hence, you know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, gives you a haunted house, you do ghost hunts. So where's the, I want to see this, this creepy doll. Is it in here? Yeah. All right. Stephen eventually does more than that. Two years after he bought the house, 
he turned the entirety of the first floor into a museum and filled it with, you know, haunted stuff. So what's up with this haunted doll, this, which, is, which is creepy enough looking already? Yeah, Miss Beasley's an old doll from a show called Family Affair. Uh, just it was a, a pretty popular doll back in the day. It was a pretty bad show I could remember. Now, in the past, the doll apparently has moved all on its own. So Stephen put a camera on it and he didn't catch the doll moving, but it did catch a shadowy figure walking down the hallway. So, you know, that's a partial victory. There's also a creepy clown figurine, a shrunken head, and a coffin. You ever, you ever worried that it's going to be a bad idea to bring like a bunch of creepy oh, haunted sure. things into the house where you live? We have a lot of friends that are sensitive. Like I said, I don't have that ability to come in here and kind of like, you know, patrol it and kind of scold me on a regular basis. So that's the paranormal part of the cryptozoology and paranormal museum. The crypto part? Well, that just kind of showed up one day. A small North Carolina town, something big is spooking residents. Multiple people have claimed to see a large furry animal trudging through the woods. There had been a smattering of Bigfoot sightings in the area over the years, but in 2016, a woman reported seeing Bigfoot a block away from Stevens Museum. It was very large, and its hair was super long, and it was running so fast. So um, so you start off basically as a place where you can come in and, and kind of do your own ghost, ghost hunting. And then Bigfoot came along. And what did that do for sort of the, the business of the museum? Well, surprisingly, Bigfoot is a huge, huge draw compared to the paranormal. The paranormal is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. And paranormal is a good indoor sport. <laughs> Generally, you're not out in the rain doing paranormal stuff. Bigfooting is kind of outside. You're, you know, you're dealing with snakes, spiders, weather. You know, uh, The Bigfoot stuff, though, brings people in. And so in the museum, the ghosts are the supporting cast. But Bigfoot? So here we have a large Bigfoot statue, which we got. Uh, obviously, he wasn't inexpensive. He, he was a lot of money out of my pocket. He's the star. Uh, in here, plus, you've got lots and lots of prints. Uh, we have some hair samples that are given to us. I'm very suspect on those. The museum is really creepy and really small and really out of the way. So who would come here? Doctors, lawyers, deputy sheriffs. I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing who comes through. Now we get, like I said, we do get the, you know, the Looney Tunes. We get some crazy people too. Every year, Stephen gets a few thousand visitors from around the state, the country, even from around the world. And then as people just come in and just purely entertainment, they're looking for something to do. And, you know, the, uh, they want to hear the Bigfoot stories. They want to get a picture with a Bigfoot statue, uh, you know, get a t-shirt or, you know, some stickers for the car or mug, coffee, whatever. Stephen also has merchandise, Bigfoot t-shirts, books on the occult, Sasquatch go-bags, paranormal sensing equipment, all sorts of stuff. That is how Stephen makes money, since admission to the museum is free. This was not a, uh, a planned out thing at all. And a lot of people think it was. They think it's just, it was yeah, like a money-making thing. Well, I'd like to know where the hell the money is. <laughs> of course, one of the side effects of running a museum dedicated to the unexplained is that you get all sorts of calls from all sorts of people who are looking for answers. Literally, people call us all the time, want to know about, you know, can you help me out? My daughter bought a house. She's got this weird activity. The kids are scared. And same thing. I, we saw this thing go through the backyard last night. It was upright on two legs. It looked like it was nine feet tall. It's like people want someone they can talk to without someone just kind of like, you know, rocking their head and thinking they're nuts. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll ask the right questions and, you know, tell them what to do, you know, put up a game camera, you know, record things, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll can, we can help them out. And a lot of times people just need someone to talk to. The people who call Stephen, they believe in something. Maybe it's Bigfoot. Maybe it's ghosts. But the people of Littleton, the people who live near Stephen, 
The people who now have a museum dedicated to Bigfoot in their small town, they believe in something else. Something I didn't understand until I got there. That part of the story, when we come back. Okay, guys, so if we're going to talk about Bigfoot, let's start at the beginning. Indian legends tell about a big hairy man that roamed for many years throughout their land. The Bigfoot story really gets going in 1958, though. That is when a newspaper in Northern California gets this letter from someone who said that loggers in the woods had seen a few really large footprints. So they publish the letter kind of as a joke, but then people start freaking out. And then the reporters start looking into the thing that the loggers had started calling Bigfoot. Over the next few decades, Bigfoot entered the popular culture and never really left. Some residents living near Disneyland say the abominable snowman has wandered off the amusement park's Matterhorn ride and is living in a sewer drain. For ages, he is hidden in the forest until the Hendersons bumped into him. Harry and the Hendersons. I cannot believe I'm about to say what I am about to say, but we do have big news this morning in the hunt for Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Pizza From Pizza Hut. Two square feet of pizza. There are different varieties of Bigfoot. There's one that got the name Ben Knobby Knob that supposedly has popped up around the Shelby area west of Charlotte. This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. The most recent sighting in 2010. I'll come out here and rough talk him and run him off. Led to one of the greatest local news stories of all time. And I said, get away from here. Get. In North Carolina alone, there have been nearly 100 documented encounters. That is according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, which, yes, that is a real thing. There are plenty of people who believe in Bigfoot. Anthropologists flocked here. And plenty that do not. There never was such a thing as a Bigfoot. It's just bullshit from start to finish. And those people like to argue with each other, and so what you end up with is a creature that's never been captured but is always being talked about, especially in Littleton. Um, what do you know about the Bigfoot Museum up the street? I really don't know too much. I know that Steve runs it. I talked to a bunch of folks in town, and several of them seem to be like Ray Holloman, who runs the tire store on Main Street. He knows about the museum, and that's about it. That's about all I know. H haven't been in there yet? My wife took the tour, and she loved it. She had a really good time. That's good. There she is. Right she, oh, I have to run after her now. Brenda, come here, please. <laughs> this gentleman is writing a thing on the uh, museum, the Cryptic Palace Museum. And I told him you took the t tour and enjoyed it. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what's your name? Brenda Holloman. And you took the tour? Yes, I took the tour. What did you think? It was interesting. <laughs> but I don't have anything to add this. Nothing, yeah. Right threw me out of the bus. Oh, um, no. Well, why did you do it? Because my daughter wanted to do it, and I went with her for the fun of it. Because just just to see what they said. Yeah. So do you believe in Bigfoot? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do, do you believe in Bigfoot? You want me to tell you the truth? Yes. No. 
I've, I've, I have no reason to believe in Bigfoot, but I'm not in a position to say that he's not real. Yeah. So. Uh, you just you're you're waiting for the right evidence to come along. Right. If he came in here, I'd be glad to service his tires and car. <laughs> and so from the tire store, I went over to Town Hall. Littleton Town Hall. This is Holly. How can I help you? Good. How are you, Gabrielle? And there, I got a different perspective. So tell, tell me your name again. So my name is Holly Barcello. Huh? Barcello. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll know how to spell it. And you are. I'm assistant town clerk for the town of Littleton. And you're also his daughter. And I'm, yep, I'm also Stephen's daughter and I guess his partner in crime at the museum. Yep. Yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think of like the reaction to the museum if, like, when after it opened? Um, there was a little bit of, I guess, blowback. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the reception here has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting a lot more tension than we got when we opened up. Although this town is a fun silly little town Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have a really good if even if they don't believe they have a really good sense of humor about it and so they find it really interesting especially that we get people from out of country that come into this tiny town Mm -hmm. and it's just the funniest thing is the biggest not even a problem but the most disbelief we had from the locals in town when we started this was why would people pay to go on a ghost tour don't they have their own ghosts at home so, like, people who live here are like, yeah, ghosts are kind of old news. Mm-hmm. Huh. They just find it weird that we actually make it into, like, a tourist attraction. Because it's just, like, it'd be like, oh, like, ghosts are sort of as regular as, like, having squirrels in your backyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even have a neighbor, actually, or one of the uh, ex-mayors told us that he doesn't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my mother moves the coffee maker. And his mother's been passed away for over ten years now. I mean, we still have people from this town come in here, say, do not tell anybody I was the one who told you this, and then tell us Bigfoot stories from their grandparents or their great-grandparents here. Uh And so, like, we still have that coming through. So now people have gotten comfortable with the fact that we don't just air everyone's name out there. Mm -hmm. And so we get even more great stories from people. Mm, Wow. So, in summary, there are the things that people here say in public and the things that they say in private. So it's hard to say exactly how many people in Littleton actually believe in Bigfoot or ghosts. But there are signs of support. So tell me what's on the menu here. So this is the uh, Littleton Food and Spirits brand new place. They've actually added to the menu the Littleton Burger if you uh, get make it a uh, Bigfoot by doubling the patty. So they actually have a Bigfoot Burger here now. So uh, Looks like a lot. Yep. Do you win a prize if you finish the whole thing? Like one of those kind of deals? No, but we're going to try to work something like that. We've talked to him about that. And the other bigger sign? Well, Stephen isn't just some guy who lives in town. He helps run the town, thanks in part to the museum. That's how I got sucker into running for commissioner. And uh, actually, you can see my signs. I even use Bigfoot for that. So <laughs> Bigfoot says, vote for Steve Barcello. So, uh, you know, some people weren't too happy with that, thought it wasn't taking it serious, but it's all about promotion, too. Seriously, though, Stephen ran for office and won. And now he's the town commissioner in charge of the water and street departments. So in addition to running his museum, he's also out there trimming crepe myrtles and getting potholes fixed. The museum, the ghost tours, the Bigfoot sightings, they bring people to town. And they brought Stephen closer to the place that he now calls home. There are some people that obviously believe. There are some people that maybe look at this as a lark. Like, oh, you know, isn't this kind of funny? You just play along or you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. I mean, to you as the person who runs the, the, the museum, I mean, does it matter whether the person that comes in believes or not to you? 
No, not really. We're just happy to get people in. I like to see people come to this town. We're putting Littleton on the map. Uh, basically, uh, you know, some people, you're not going to convert someone. Someone comes in who's not a believer. It doesn't mean they're going to walk out a believer. But if I can get them to scratch their head and go, hmm, that's eh, interesting. You know, I asked a couple of questions and he had answers for them, you know. And can I say for sure Bigfoot's out there? Well, something's out there. People are seeing something. What it is, I'm not really sure at this point. I mean, like we did a hike today. I mean, you know, the guy that was walking around with us, he just, you know, he was, he was having a blast. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't mention earlier. We did not find Bigfoot at Medoc Mountain State Park, but while we were wandering around, we did find a Bigfoot hunter. Go back up. There he is. The guys, look, we're actually going to see if we can find him at a campsite. This is Frank. Hey, how's hey, it going? Hey, Jeremy. Good, good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Me too. So what have you got? Anything? Nothing yet. Just pictures and videos I'm taking. Okay. My, my first time being out down here trying to look around for it. So is this your first time looking for, for Bigfoot? Oh, no, I've been helping him off and on doing this for the park area probably off and on two years, I think, at least. I mean, he's in Zelda. He's camping there for how many days? What does he say? He's going to be there to Sunday? Five or six. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's there to Bigfoot every night. I mean, that's just his thing. He bought a special tent for it. I mean, it's crazy. Well, we're going to head back into town, right. buddy. Good to see you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Frank. All right. Y'all have a safe trip. Man. Yeah, good you luck. Water? Uh, I can actually use water now, yeah. After I left town, I wasn't really sure what to make of all this. Stephen, the museum, the town, Bigfoot, everything. In fact, it wasn't until just recently that something just kind of clicked into place. It was something I saw written on a whiteboard when I was talking to Stephen's daughter, back in Littleton Town Hall. It says believe on the uh, on your whiteboard over there. Yep. So that's become the new unofficial town slogan. Uh -huh. And I mean, it works just in, you know, it was for the development of the town, but it works perfectly in coordination with the museum. Yeah. You've been in the Bigfoot business for a little bit now. So what is it about Bigfoot that gets people just all riled up in a way that other things don't? You know, I don't It's It's hard to say. I would say it's a combination of things. People like to believe in something. Belief doesn't mean we all have to believe in the same thing. Now, some people who come to the museum believe in ghosts or Bigfoot. Other people believe in stepping out of their comfort zone or getting off the beaten path. Stephen, I'm not actually sure if he believes in Bigfoot, but he believes in what he's doing. And the people in Littleton, they believed enough in Stephen to elect him to public office. So when something strange shows up in your town, a story isn't about evidence or proof. It's about belief in whatever form it takes.
Away Message is a production of Our State Magazine, an employee-owned company that's been celebrating North Carolina for more than 85 years. You can get $5 off a year's subscription to the magazine. Just head over to OurState.com, click on subscribe, and use the promo code AWAY to get $5 off a year's subscription. It's our thank you for listening to the show. This episode was produced by me and James Mitchkowski. Elizabeth Hudson is our editor-in-chief. Special thanks this week to the people of Littleton, as well as Mark Kemp and Hope Nichols of Charlotte. Now, quick story. I interviewed Hope for a story a long time ago, and it turns out she was in a bunch of bands back in the 80s and 90s, including the Fetchin' Bones. This song called A Fable felt kind of right for our closing song this week. Small world, right? And one last thing. If you were thinking of running into the woods dressed as Bigfoot, don't. I don't believe there's very many people out there dressing in ghillie suits wandering around or trying to dress up like a Bigfoot. It would not be a... Everybody down here carries a gun. We'll be back with another new episode of Away Message really soon. I'm Jeremy Markovich. Thanks for listening.